Who is it wrong for? Yusefo asked her. Us. It's wrong for us. Asha searched his face for a sign that he understood how awful it was for President Amin to make Indians leave their home, their country. You mean it's wrong for Indians, Yusefo shot back, because from where I'm standing, everything he's doing is right. Asha couldn't believe it. Yusefa was supposed to be her friend. How could he think that what the president was doing was okay? Akela stepped forward. President Amin is helping Africans get what they deserve. This is our country. The Mzungu whites got rich off us. And when the British left, the Indians stepped right in, taking. Now it's our turn. Jumbo and welcome to Expulsion at 50, a podcast series created to commemorate the 50-year anniversary of the expulsion of Asians from Uganda back in 1972. What you just heard was an extract from the book Orange for the Sunsets, written by Tina Athide, who lives in California. In this episode, Tina speaks about being Goan in Uganda and about her motivation for writing this book. I hope you find it interesting. My name is Tina Ataid. So it comes from Goa and it's the Portuguese surname. And then my married name is Tina Athide Shannon. The expulsion of Asian Indians from Uganda, that story centered around Goans for me. And it was only in talking to other Indians that I have met through the course of writing. And they've even said to me, well, we had no idea there were any Goans in Uganda. And I'm like, what, what are you talking about? There were tons of us. <laughs> And it made me realize even more so that so it was a driving force just to open it up that there are so many that we ourselves don't recognize that there were other Indian communities there that were affected, not just us. The common knowledge is that most of the, you know, expellees were Gujaratis because that was the biggest community there. Correct. Um, But yes, there was also... um, uh, you know, Punjabis, Sikhs, Muslims, mm-hmm. and interestingly, a large Goan population which was in the civil service. So let's hear about your connection and your background. I was born in Entebbe. And so my father was also born in Uganda. Mum was born in Goa. But my grandparents on both mum's side and dad's side were in Uganda. That is where I was born. My parents got married there. And so that is my personal connection to Uganda. Dad was um, a civil servant, as as you and I just mentioned, and he did land surveys. That was dad's job. And mummy is actually mirrored in the book very closely because 
She was the midwife that ran the grade A hospital in Entebbe. Mum actually delivered Idi Amin's child prior to him being president when he was in the army. His wife at that time was at the grade A hospital where mum worked. To become a land surveyor, he would have had to go outside the country to, to get training or not. At that point in time, and I learned this, you know, there were a lot of um, Indians would send their children back to Goa to boarding schools because at that time the schools hadn't developed as much in Uganda. So daddy went to boarding school in Bombay. That's where he went to school. And it was only later, once I was born and other generations, Norman Gordino, he built that school that was in Kampala. And a lot of family, friends and things went there. My own uncles went there, as well as a lot of people we knew taught there. I believe my aunt, mom's sister taught there for a while before getting married and moving to England. So when you were five years old, Tina, your parents decide to leave the country. Do you know what happened and why that was? So we left right before all this started. And I remember asking mum, you know, what happened, why we had left. And she said, you know, at that point, you, you were starting to hear stirrings within the government and things and rumors that there was just this unrest that was going on. And it was enough that they thought, you know what, we don't know what direction this is moving. It could escalate. And so at that point, mum's sister was in England and dad's brother and sister were in England. So we, I think at that point, my parents thought, okay, you know what, look, it's probably time to get out because we just don't know what's going on at this point. And I, that's when we left. And what year was that? I believe that was just the year before. So 71, very close to that, or at the beginning of 72. They were able to move there fairly easily. Mum could transfer because mum did her, um, her nursing training and midwifery training in Maidenhead in England. So she did all her training there. So it was very easy for her to get a job and for them then to return to England. And then what happened? So we lived there for a few years. And then I think when I was about 10, 11, is mum's family had moved to Canada. And I think it was just harder in England life-wise that they decided to make that move. And so my dad's mum's sister was able to sponsor dad and mum to move to Canada. And we went to Edmonton and that's where we stayed. about the book and where did the idea come from and how long had it been brewing? Brewing, yeah, that's the key word right there. <laughs> so growing up, we knew about, we knew that our family was from Uganda. It was 
probably when I was about 16, 17 in Vancouver, they held a Ugandan reunion. And that was the first time we sort of drove from Edmonton over there. And I remember entering and there was such camaraderie because, you know, travel was less at that point. It was expensive. Families had all immigrated there. It was hard at first to get settled, get jobs, raise the children. So this was the first time to see such a large group. And what left an impression on me was the bond between all of these people and families and extended families and stemming from these relationships that they had for years through their own parents and everything else. And it transcended time, place, it didn't matter. And that left such a lasting impression. And these were people that hadn't seen each other for years, yet it was almost as though they had talked to one of the night before. It, it was incredible. So that emotion left sort of an imprint on my brain, on my heart. You know, it was there, it disappeared. I just knew it was there. I did my degree in education at the University of Alberta and then went to teach in California because there weren't jobs in Alberta. And I remember teaching children to read and it wasn't a completely diverse population in my classroom, but definitely a few children from Hispanic backgrounds and um, Black African-American. And there were no books that depicted people or children of color. And I felt it was such a disservice, let alone they had no idea about Indians. Who are you? What are you? That was the common question. And so I started writing beginning readers from Leon Lowe, is who I published it under. I wrote Pran's Week of Adventure. And it's basically teaching children the days of the week. It's teaching them transportation. But it showed a mother in a silver chemise and just her son in regular clothing like everybody else so he could relate. But it was enough to show somebody else of another culture living within the United States going through the same things that you may go through, but they're from another culture. And it opened up conversations for me to have with the children about you know, where is this person from? What is she wearing? You know, that type of thing. And so it was lovely. So that's what started it. Then I started to notice exactly what you said. A lot of the generation that firsthand experienced it at my age as young parents that were kicked out of the country or grandparents were passing away and nobody knew about this. Like in the United States, nobody had heard of Idi Amin. Nobody knew about any of this. I'm like, well, what do you mean you don't know? This was huge. The UN was involved. Commonwealth countries were involved. And so for me, it was also my children, our generation, that story of our heritage was being lost. And so I wanted to bring it back. I wanted it known. I wanted that story in pages of a book. So it was captured. So I started with a picture book 
And somebody looked at it and said, you know what, this really would make a good middle grade novel. It needs more. There's so much to tell that's not there. So it took me all from beginning to end at least 12 years. At the time I started writing it, it would have been in the early 1995. Publishing houses were not as interested in people of color. The movement of diverse books was non-existent. Hashtag own voices was not even, they didn't have hashtags. <laughs> When I finished it, I wrote it, and it was from the point of view only of an Asian Indian girl. One editor said, did you ever think of including, you know, Yusefu as his own? So I sat with that for a bit. I took out half of the book, threw it out, made space in the book for Yusefu's voice, and then I spent two years researching him. What I like about the book now is it's not biased to just the point of view of what happened to the Asian Indians. It also gives credence to why Idi Amin did what he did. And tell us your experience of getting the book published. I mean, the book was rejected 30 times, but I wasn't going to let it go. Dog with a bone. <laughs> It mattered enough that I wanted this story out there. I felt it was important. Lee and Lowe that published mine, the reason they published it is they were exclusively promoting writers of color. And so that was a huge plus. And who would you say is the target audience for the book? So the book targets, I would like, it targets both. It targets middle grade children but a lot of adults have been reading it because it captures their story. So I have had a huge group of adults also read it. So anywhere from age nine through adults. Okay, so Tina, what, where, where does the title come from? And the title is taken from a line towards the very end of the novel. And it's symbols, a bead that she has that Yusefu gave her that is orange. And that bead started at the beginning of the story and we bring it and tie it right at the end. And it's a symbol of the sunset and it's the sun setting on her life in Uganda. It's closing that chapter of her life, the day coming to an end, that part of her life. How would you say that the journey was for you of, of writing it? I grew myself in awareness and understanding in the process of writing this book. And I honestly feel that it would have been a disservice to me and to this story if it had been published early on where it was told for me just from the point of view of the Asian Indian girl, you know, it, it goes to show, you know, you grow up, not in a bubble, but you grow up in your world with your stories and your emotions and they are yours. 
what this one showed me is there was a whole other side to this. I grew up listening to the horrors that my grandparents went through where they lost everything. And, and my poor grandmother going into a depression afterwards, landing in Goa with nothing. And what that meant. So that leaves such an imprint on you that you don't see the other side. All it is for me was, how could that have happened? They lived there for years and years. She did nothing wrong to have been kicked out like that. But, <laughs> When I stepped to write in Yusefu's shoes and the life, his life, and that of his mother, who I started with being my ayah in Entebbe, then it opened up a whole other, you know, the other page, the other side, the yin and yang of this event. So Tina, what would you like the reader to take away from your book? The takeaway from the book, more than anything for me, number one was, you know, remembering this period of history because it affected so many people. And these people were distributed and thrown throughout the world. And what's incredible is the the courage at which they faced this and the perseverance to build a new life, a successful life for themselves and their children when they faced adversity, racism, prejudice in various different forms and countries. The takeaway also from this book is also looking at some of this systemic colonialism a little bit that you see in this book and what that means. And looking at this idea of privilege and it comes in different forms mm -hmm. and then transferring that to people, people as a whole, the essence of people, who we are and that kindness, that gratitude those are the pieces that I want coming away from this book. This year, these last few years, especially where I am in the United States, we've seen so many similarities with what was going on in my book, with what's going on in the world throughout today. And I think we know better, we need to do better. I want people to, to take that away, question it, start having these critical conversations, uncomfortable conversations, yeah, we don't like talking about it, but if we don't talk about it, we can't move past it. So Tina, are there any final thoughts you'd like to share with us? A big thing for me is when a child sees their story or a connection of their story on the pages, it suddenly tells them, ooh, you matter. And I can't tell you, even in England, kids that came on that I met with, in the classroom they said oh my you know my daddy and and nanny they that happened to them I took the book home and showed them and then they told me all about this and so that has been incredible because suddenly that child their world is on that page because the minute you open up a dialogue anytime you open up conversation it 
it doesn't, it puts, it opens up a space for sharing, for bringing up controversy, for looking at other ideas and teaching. And teaching always goes both ways. The teacher teaches the student and learns from the students at the same time. It was a good life for so many of us for so many years. And because my story is told from two points of view, it was a gift and a thank you back to that country as well. Not just look at what happened when we left, look what ended up happening because the president at that time made that choice. Putting all that aside, a thank you. My name is Dolly Vasani. Thank you for listening. Till next time, keep well and stay safe.